So today we have my mom with me. Say hi, mom. Hi. Her name's Kathy, but we'll just call her mom. That's what everybody, <laughs> that's what everybody calls you anyway. Everybody calls me friends. mom. Um, so yeah, we'll just dive right in then. I guess you'd... Well, I guess I could give you a little intro. <laughs> a little intro. <laughs> um, so I've known my mom, geez. All your life. As long as I can remember. <laughs> um, very strong woman, very independent woman. That was something she always taught us. Um, raising us, very empowering. Um, don't need no man. <laughs> well. <laughs> and, um, okay, yeah, we'll just start with the questions. Okay. Then. Okay, so obviously something super admirable about you and that we have, like, you set a great example for is that you have held the same job forever. When did you start working there? Like, fresh out of college? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I started working there in college. In college. My, after my sophomore year of college. Okay, yeah. And you've been working there ever since, which is... Well, on and off. Because I did take seven years off to have babies. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> or sorry about that, I guess. <laughs> but um, still, that's like, I feel like that's a unique experience. Most people don't have a job that True. long. Or wouldn't stay, like, even if they stay within the same career field, wouldn't stay, like, the same location that long. True. So that's a unique experience, which has shaped your career, I'm sure. Yes, for sure. Um, so in general, like, what would your advice be to young people who are looking to like choose their career path or either like just graduated college with a degree and they're like what do I do now mm-hmm. or are in college trying to decide what they want to do mm-hmm. um the first thing I would recommend is if you have an opportunity while you're still in college try to find a job in your prospective field to okay. see if you really like it <clears throat> right that's what I did after my sophomore year of college, I took a job at a CPA firm to see if I was really going to like it because all the classes were about to get really difficult. So <laughs> if I was going to tough it out through all of that, I wanted to make sure that's what I wanted to do. So uh, in my case, it worked out very well. I, my neighbor at the time got me a job working with the CPA that she was working for who had mm-hmm. just opened his own firm. So I basically took, I basically worked there during summers and spring breaks, um, just doing odd minor accounting jobs, uh, putting together stuff for financial statements, not really doing any tax work per se. Right. Uh, just to see if I would like live or working in that kind of environment, um, doing that kind of work. So, and I did, I really liked it. Um, Good. I was very fortunate. Yeah, I was very fortunate that they also liked me, um, and thought that I had a good work ethic, and you know he felt like he could um, take me under his wing and really teach me um, how to do things. And so he offered me a job mm-hmm. out of college, and I took it. And I was not making a lot of money. I barely made enough money to live, but. It was more important to me to work it work for people that I thought were ethical and intelligent and knew what they were doing that I could really learn something from. That was more important than making a lot of money. Right. Um, so basically, two things I got from that is the first networking because basically the whole way you landed that yeah. job in a sense was networking, and they talked to us about that 
a lot in college, but um, I'd say the opportunity isn't really given to us. So to network as much as they, I feel like we're told to network more than we're helped to network. Yes, and so I'm thinking s- like go do that. Like, and I would say networking may come in a form that you're not expecting. When when people say networking to me, I think of professional organizations right. like uh, Rotary Club or something like that where you're hanging out at happy hours with other business people. <laughs> um, my networking was my neighbor. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. I just, I don't even remember how the conversation came up that I found out she was working for an accountant, but somehow it did. And she offered to talk to them to mm-hmm. see if I would like to just come in and eat. when I first went in there, it, I didn't think it was going to last more than a week. Oh, I mean, I had, I just thought it was, you know, <laughs> spring break or I don't know, maybe it was summer, but, but I thought it was just a summer job. Right. And, um, and you know, it turned into a whole career. Yeah. And then the other thing that I thought was super important that you said was about like you, something that made you stay there, something that influenced your decision to stay there was that you liked the people you were working for. Yes. Because as you know, that was my biggest problem is uh, you know, I, I was working at Old Navy for a long time mm-hmm. and I did management there and just like associate, associate work. And that was my problem was even though like I was like miserable there and I hated it mm-hmm. and I thought it was the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mental health was destroyed. <laughs> and then I'm now working somewhere where I'm getting paid the same. Like it's not like, you know, the I'm not getting paid anymore. I'm not making more, but I'm working for people that I love, mm-hmm. like people that actually care about me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're told a lot that you're supposed to completely like separate like work life and then the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the truth is that like it's inevitable that that's going to happen because like if you have kids, for example, mm-hmm. if something happens to your kid and you have to leave work, like you want to work for someone that like cares about your family in a sense like they don't have to be close to your family but like cares like they want you to be good so that you can show up to work and be your best self right and if you need to take an afternoon off Mm -hmm. they allow you that opportunity I am a firm believer in um if you find something that you love to do and that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. you'll find a way to make a living Enough of a living to get by. You mm-hmm. may never become super rich, but that doesn't matter as long as long as you're happy. Rich in other ways, right? Hmm? Rich in other ways. Rich in other ways, <laughs> which are way more gratifying. Okay. So that kind of then touches on like the relationship between wealth and self-fulfillment. Yes. Yes. There has to be a balance. And in my particular case... It doesn't always look like I have good work-life balance because the kind of work that I do is seasonal. So Mm. I spend probably four or five months out of the year doing nothing but work. I No, literally. Literally. (laughs) She would literally come home when we were in high school. She would come home from work at like three in the morning and then leave again at like seven or eight. (laughs) You never made it. It's not quite that bad. But but essentially, (laughs) yes, I, I come home long enough to sleep and that's it. But that's the nature of the work that I do. But the payoff for that is when it's when it's not tax season, I'm 
I can take extra time off. I'm not expected to be at the office 24 seven. Um, so I reconnect with all my friends and I do things with my family and we travel. And so, um, you have to, I guess, come up with your own definition of what work-life balance is. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would imagine that some of my friends would say, I don't have good work-life balance because they look at that period of time during the year that I do work 24-7 and they would say, that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's okay because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm satisfied with the work that I'm doing sitting at a desk, you know, 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I know that after all of the bulk of the work is done, that I will have time to, you know, and I'm lucky that my kids are understanding and my friends are understanding and the rest of my family is understanding and they, they all leave me alone to do my work. But, but that's... <laughs> I wouldn't say I leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's over... I mean, that didn't just happen overnight and it didn't just happen because I said, look, you guys have to leave me space. They... Mm-hmm. It happened over the course of 30 years that I've been working there, that they came to trust over the course of the years that when tax season was over, that yes, I was going to come out of my shell and I was going to reconnect. So you have to put your money where your mouth is and you have to, <laughs> you have to show that you have work-life balance. And if you do that, then, then when you're mired down in the muck of work, then it will, people will trust that you'll come out of it. That's one thing that, like, about being a teacher mm-hmm. is, you know, like, I, I see, like, my cousin and my brother, mm-hmm. like, during the school year, mm-hmm. they're going crazy, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, that's a hard job to have, <laughs> but they do, by choice, mm-hmm. like, get summer, mm-hmm. and then that's when they can, like, unwind and, right. and see everybody. Right. So when I was just out of college, I lived with, I was broke, as I told you, I didn't make a lot of money. So I lived with friends and Mm -hmm. we rented, it was me and two friends and we rented a townhouse together, um, up in Fairfax. And one of my roommates was in retail and the other one of my roommates was a school teacher. She was a music teacher. Ooh. So we had this weird, um, cycle that we went through where at the, (laughs) in the fall, which was the beginning of the school year, in the fall, Brian, who worked retail, was mm-hmm. super busy because he yeah. was the manager. I remember that <laughs> at a men's clothing store at Fair Oaks Mall. So he was just—we didn't see him for you know a couple of months. Basically, starting end of October, beginning of November, we just kind of didn't see him until after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then, pretty much right after the first of the year, then my work picked up, and I was busy for three or four months, and nobody saw me. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as I was done with tax season, Pam started with the musical. So as I was winding down taxis and she was doing all the auditions and she was and and then we didn't see her for a couple of months. Yeah. So but we because we each had that busy season, we all understood for each other. Right. And and covered for each other. So if one of us was dur- you know working at their busy time, everybody else would do the grocery shopping and the you know cleaning of the house and that kind of stuff. And that person got the parking spot right in front of the front door because they were coming in at midnight. And um, I feel like that's the thing about like friendships too, because especially like you're not on Twitter, but right. I'm definitely <laughs> I am not. And and there is like an ongoing like almost constant conversation about 
like people are always saying, oh, if we have to talk every day, then like there's no way we can be friends and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a great example is you and your best friend and Patty because, I mean, there's months where you guys hardly even get to talk to each other. Yeah. But, I mean, how long have you guys been best friends? Since high school. Forever. Yes. (laughs) Yes, so forever. (laughs) More years than I care to admit to. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I mean, I would say that Probably all of my best friends are like that. We we may go through periods of time where we don't talk to each other, but as soon as we do talk to each other, it's like we never stopped talking to each other. We're uh, we just kind of pick right back up where we left off, and nobody has everybody has an understanding that we all have our own families and our own children, and um, nobody's mad at the other person for not staying in touch it just that's just life I mean that's just how life is you always grill me about well you don't as much as you used to because now I'm getting older but you know I'm I don't like to be alone I always like to be around people yes and I remember you used to always like tell me you don't have to spend every second with people which is true (laughs) I mean I think it's also important to like being with yourself that you because you bring yourself to any relationship that you're in. Mm-hmm. So you want to like the person that you're bringing to the table. And and most people need to work at that. You need to educate yourself. You need to find things that you're interested in that other people might find fascinating. And right. um, like you got into Reiki and all mm-hmm. that. That's very interesting stuff. Something that most other people don't bring to the table. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you could carry on an intelligent conversation about that and, and people would be really interested to hear about it. So wow, thanks. So I think everybody should have things like that. Yeah. Um, that you bring to any friendship. Okay. Well, here comes the hard question and I'm actually going to open it up to, um, all of life. Ah, okay. <laughs> let's let's raise the stakes, why okay. don't we? So, like, when have you felt most satisfied? And when have you felt most dissatisfied? Um, can we change the word satisfied and dissatisfied to proud? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The... Probably the time that I was most proud of myself mm-hmm. would be, um, and it's in retrospect, of course, because at the time I was a freaking mess, <laughs> um, but uh, Shaw's, Shaw's cancer. Right. Um, just... Shaw is my older brother, yes, for the record. <laughs> who, when he was two, had cancer, and the treatment was about a year, and... Um, we, I had lots and lots and lots of help from family and friends and, um, and at the time I felt like I, every day I was completely falling apart and failing and doing a terrible job, Mm -hmm. but just surviving that, um, definitely teaches or taught me anyway, how, how strong I could be if I had to be. Um, I can't tell you how many times people said to me, I don't know how you did that. And in my head, I was thinking, that's the craziest question I've ever heard of because I didn't have any other choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't yeah. just not go to the hospital today. <laughs> right. So. Um, I feel like that's a great lesson, though, because then, like, 
now when I, if I'm going through something really awful or like a really hard time, luckily I haven't gone, haven't had to go through anything that compares to that. But it just shows like when you are going through a hard time, mm-hmm. I mean, you may look back on that as like one of like the moments that you're most proud of yourself. Yes. I think any, any hardship that you go through, I think if you can not what's the right word um like persevere well and i don't i'm not going to say you need to completely change your perspective on it because sometimes frankly you need to just be mired down in the this is really shitty and oh yeah i just need to be real with yourself exactly you gotta feel your feelings but if you can at times um change your perspective and say okay but look i'm doing this i'm getting through it Right. And what is it teaching me about myself? What have I learned about myself? Mm-hmm. And if you can take that information going forward, it makes the next hardship that you have to go through a little more bearable, usually. I feel like that's true, yeah. Because um, I'm trying to think of the example that I was using when I was talking to our cousin the other day. But I was saying, like, um, if anything went wrong like for example with David and I Mm -hmm. like obviously like love him I'm happy in that relationship but say like it didn't work out or something Mm -hmm. the difference now is that like I know that I that will be okay right and it's because I've gone through like exactly breakups before exactly and like those were awful and horrible to go through but they were necessary for me to learn like independence more and learn not to be I would say that especially applies to relationships and especially for younger people. If you can look back after a relationship ends and say, yeah, okay, that was crappy. But what did I, what did I learn about myself? Mm -hmm. What, because I can guarantee you that you will have learned something that you love and something that you hate and something (laughs) that's a deal breaker that you can use going forward. Right. Um, in choosing the next person that you want to have a relationship with. Very true. And hopefully you kind of get closer and closer to what you're really <laughs> narrowing really down. Want. Yeah. <laughs> the tip of the tip of the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then also like just to touch on it as a mother of multiple children who are all grown now because I'm yes. your youngest and I'm 22 yes. as far as I know. Yes. Yes, um, I can confirm that. What is like your like your the first thing that comes to mind in terms of parenting advice. Um, <laughs> you said there's too much. So many, things. so many things. Um, um, probably one thing that I wish I had done more is to um, insist that you all treat each other with respect. Oh my gosh, you think we don't? Um. <laughs> No, and and we've had that disagreement many times. You guys all tell, all three of you tell me that you say, because you say nasty, snarky things to each other, and you all, all say that you're all kidding, but my mother and father would have smacked me upside the head if I had said some of the things that you guys say to each other. And I do feel like in some ways that creates, um, it creates an environment where Sometimes you can take it too far and hurt other people's feelings and maybe they don't feel like they can 
say, hey, you just hurt my feelings. Because that's just how you guys are. That's just, quote, unquote, how you guys are with No, I totally agree. Because I can see, I mean, there have been times <clears throat> where, you know, we've started, like, talking to each other like that. And we think it's funny. And then somebody hits something sensitive. Right. And then, like, you don't want to be the person who's like, oh, you hurt my feelings. Because then everyone's just going to be like, it was a joke. Like, right. lighten up, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I get, I get that. So that would be... Uh, a big piece of advice for anybody who has multiple children is is foster foster in them a um an an atmosphere of mutual respect yeah cuz i mean i think the the best and i guess sometimes uh worst or not worse, but something that can make you super vulnerable thing about siblings is that it also i mean it so- socializes you from, like, yes. a very young age. Yes, which so, I think is good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> for the well, most part. Well, if nothing else, it exposes you to different personalities, and you learn how to adapt to them and work around them. Yeah. So, you, you know, if, if a friend um, said or did something to you that maybe one of your siblings has done that you didn't like, at least you've experienced it already. And you're yeah. like, yeah, okay, some people are like that. Yeah, that's Do you know what I mean? True. But that, yeah, that just instead ties of back just completely into... falling apart and going, the world is not fair, life is not fair. <laughs> you know, th- th- this shouldn't happen. It's like, well, some people are like that. Yeah, and that just ties back <clears throat> in with like teaching your kids to be like very kind to each other and everything, because that'll overflow into the rest of everything. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times, or like I could see, like look, like this didn't really happen in our household. I feel like, but I could see where parents would be like, oh, like it's just their siblings, or like I can even think of like households I've been in where I've seen parents like their their kids will treat each other a certain way, and they just think like, oh, they're just being siblings, right. like their family, right. whatever. But it's like no, like they are still learning how to like treat another person, right? Even if it's just their sister. And something. also, I can tell you things that like that I'm experiencing now is my brother and sister and I mm-hmm. are having to come together to deal with parents who are older and. Oh, how the turns have tables. Yeah. So we, you know, we need to have a good working relationship. And luckily we really do. We all love each other. Mm -hmm. We all respect each other. You know, we have each other's backs no matter what. Um, And I want you guys to have that. Um, I think we will. I mean, sometimes I worry, but I I really (laughs) do think that as you get older, you'll see the value of that Mm -hmm. and work towards that. Agreed. Yes. I'm I'm encouraged that you guys do seem to all like to spend time together. So, Me too. Yeah, so that's really nice. Even if they're irritating, those are still my besties. <laughs> still my besties. And they would say the same, I'm sure. <laughs> they better. Yep. If you're listening right now, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I think we turned out all right. Oh, yeah, absolutely you did. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, there's, well, uh, yeah. And I can tell you that as a mother, especially as a working mother, mm-hmm. it, whenever you're at work, you feel like, you're neglecting home and whenever you're at home you feel like you're neglecting work no matter what you do and no matter how many hours you spend at each so you know for for a few years I was a stay-at-home mom and I mm-hmm. did the whole room mother thing and I did I went into <laughs> volunteered at school with the Girl Scouts girls and I did Girl Scouts <laughs> and um so when you're and then I went back to work part-time so I had to give some of that up mm-hmm. so there 
I, I, I obviously regretted not being able to do all the things that I had done when I was at home. But you were still but when I was providing home, for us just in a different way. Right. But when I was at home, I also felt like I wasn't keeping the perfectly clean house and I wasn't cooking a five course gourmet dinner every night like I thought I should be able to do if I was staying home so then I was like well screw it I'm gonna go back to work oh my gosh I remember when I told you that our uh like one of our paramount childhood memories was fish sticks and mac and cheese and you were so horrified I am horrified that's awful that was a delicacy to us okay oh my god that is the meal for kings no no you know no no one aspired to that (laughs) So we're all good. Okay, well, thank you. You're welcome. And I will see you downstairs. Okay. guys it's caroline thanks for listening and if you like what you're hearing be sure to like and subscribe if you leave a review that's even better to keep up with all things on the i needed to hear that podcast follow me on instagram it's at r-o-r-zero-s-three can't wait to share with you guys next week